Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 25th, 2019. I'm Scott. I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython full-time. Uh, they are by far the biggest sponsor of CircuitPython. Uh, CircuitPython is a beginner-focused uh, version of Python, which is an easy program, easy programming language, uh, and we run it on microcontrollers, which are tiny little computers. The goal is to make it really easy to get coding on hardware. So uh, this is our weekly meeting that goes at uh, that is regularly at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on our Discord channel uh, on Mondays. Uh, you can join the Discord by going to adafru.it slash Discord. That'll hop you in. Uh, we're in the text chat all week, but we're only in the voice chat usually during the meeting uh, on Mondays. Everybody's welcome to attend. Um, we're happy to uh, hear what's going on within the CircuitPython world there. Uh, this meeting is recorded, so beware that if you are in the CircuitPython channel, uh, the voice channel, we, were, we will be recording your voice, and we're recording the text in the CircuitPython text channel. Uh, those recordings get posted to the Adafruit YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. And uh, I tend to post them on Diode Zone as well if you want to try something that's not YouTube. Um, let's see. That's the recording stuff. Uh, we also post notes. So we have a notes document that's running on Google Docs. And as we go along, I will take time codes. So if you ever do miss a meeting, but you don't have the time to listen to the typical hour or so that it takes, you can always check the notes doc and skip around in the video to the parts that you want to listen to. Um, this meeting is run in five parts. We first have a community news section that Phil will go over, uh, which is kind of a mini version of our uh, Python on microcontrollers newsletter that goes out on Tuesdays. You can join that by uh, going to adafruitdaily.com and subscribing there uh, for all the news that's fit to print about Python and CircuitPython and MicroPython and all of that. Um, after we have community news, we have a state of CircuitPython and its libraries, which is a statistical overview of the project. It's meant to kind of ground us in numbers. Uh, so we'll go over that. And then after that, we have hug reports. Hug reports is a chance uh, for us just to take a moment and say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing. Uh, it's it's a meant to complement bug reports, so uh, giving us the space to say thank you to other folks. Um, if you are in the voice channel, we do it as a round robin. So I will start and then we'll go through the list of folks. Uh, you can let us know where you're lurking and then we'll just skip over you. Uh, if you do not want to speak, but you want but you do have a hug report, you can tell us your text only and either drop them in the text channel itself or in the notes doc and I will read it off for you. Uh, and then uh, if you want to speak and do all that stuff, you can totally just uh, wait to be called on and we'll... We'll call on you, and you'll get a chance to speak. Um, <clears throat> and then we have uh, status updates after that, which is done as a round robin as well. So same rules apply. Uh, but this is a chance for you to give a couple minutes overview of both what you worked on in the last week and what you're working on in the coming week. Uh, it's a way for us to be kind of all on the same page about what's going on. And uh, that status updates. And then lastly, we have in the weeds, which is... Uh, a chance for us to just have any longer form quarter question field any questions or discussions that we want to have uh, based on that so uh, that's what in the weeds is for if you have topics for in the weeds uh, hop on the notes doc and add them there uh, that's that way that when we get to that section we kind of already know what uh, what top topics we're going to talk about and we don't have to wait uh, to see if anybody has anything so uh, with that let's get started 
and go to community news. All right, thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. My caller ten. Uh, I have no idea. Because you, you have the radio. Because my radio voice. Yeah, that's right. I, I, on W G E T W. Okay. B L N K A Blinka. Yeah. Yeah, these uh, radio jokes don't go over so well. All right, so in the community <laughs> news uh, this week, a little bit of reminder, CircuitPython 5.0 beta, beta 0, is released. So if you want to help us test things out, we, of course, would love to hear about anything you run into here in the chat, but also pull requests, issues, and more. We'll be time on. to update everything. Oh, boy. Yuck. Hey, Charles, right. can you mute? <laughs> that was like a soundboard. <laughs> um, that you. was also from Radio Days. Okay, uh, next up. Uh, speaking of all the news that's fit to print, uh, Lady Aid and I go to um, newsstands. There's there's some still left, and there's magazines. So we do a tour of like what's on the cover of magazines. What are people doing? And the thumbnail in Discord has one of the things that we were looking at. Wired has a cool cover, but we also saw. Um, Python has a ton of resources and and more. Just not not Python as a specific organization, just Python in general. And when you look at the newsstands, you'll start to see. And I'm going to add these photos here since the thumbnail didn't quite get it. Um, you'll see there are lots and lots and lots and lots of magazines and books, and there are some familiar faces and names as well. So Sophie's wearable tech. Projects were there, Hackspace. Um, that, that's all CircuitPython, Python on hardware, and then lots of Python coding books. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, over the years, I think I've been doing this for maybe 15 years, taking pictures of what's on newsstands, and you can kind of see um, the, the the different amounts of popularity with either programming language or something that gets um, released. I think Google has their game system out there, but this is something we've noticed for a while. So I wanted to to get some photos about that. So we'll see. Um, maybe there'll be a CircuitPython magazine book type mm. entity soon too. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. The Take F Flight with Feather contest with DigiKey, Hackaday, and Adafruit um, is really, really taking flight. There are 33 entries all together. And from what we were told, it's one of the fastest uh, number of entries in a contest that Hackaday has had so far. So if you have any type of hardware ideas, you don't even have to design the full thing, you can enter at hackadea.io, and I put the link in the chat. Um, speaking of newsstands from the other thing I was posting about, Hackspace has their um, issue 25, and it's Maker Christmas. There is tons of CircuitPython in this issue and Python on hardware, from Adafruit stuff to um, all the different boards. Uh, we're almost up to 100 that are supported. Uh, lots of stuff in there. So you can download it for free. You can put on a USB drive, give it as a gift. You can subscribe and you get a free Circuit Playground Express. You can also just buy a one-off copy depending on where you are on planet Earth. Um, lots of little bits of tweets and news from um, Supercon. And one of the things, and we don't ask for this, we just kind of like see what happens. People get something with circuit python on it and they're saying how easy it is and that's really what we're going for um how easy it is how simple it is how fast it is how easy it was just to plug it in and you can just edit something right away you didn't have to download anything so all these things um that it's it's music to our ears um sometimes literally but that's um that's good validation on on, on our efforts on the newsletter that i'm working on um i posted a link to the videos that um 
Andy Hirschfeld did while at Apple from in like 1983 when they were talking about like there wasn't really a mouse and it wasn't really easy to use computers. And the, the way they were talking about like how easy it was and how they were able to save so much time and do stuff it sounded very familiar um, to when we talk about circuit python and like all the time you're saving all the things you get to do and like how you're you're just working on the, the important things you're not you know wrestling with software um so anyways i thought that was kind of neat and that'll be in the newsletter as well um we're on hackaday uh this is neat there's all these uh little sculpture clocks and sculptures that people are making with wires and mm -hmm. uh they're using feather so that's kind of a cute one um it's, if you have stuff like that uh let us know because we like to uh, there, there's the eyeball portion, you know, and it has little eyes, but there's also the, the physical portion of it. And those are fun for people to see that it's not just code. You can also do things like crafts. Um, embedded computing design, they had a roundup of uh, Supercon, and uh, I think it was Jeremy who was there, uh, had a nice quote. Um, Scott was introduced as pretty much being CircuitPython. Congratulations, Scott. Um, the language that was used uh, to program the Adafruit Edge Badge uh, the badges were conveniently set up, so when plugged in, you can open up a program such as text editor and make modifications. So that's kind of nice to see. Um, another thing in the community, probably remember Max. Max does all sorts of Python and hardware and space. And Max teaches at Stanford, and they have the SAM32. There is a um, whole new batch of them that they just released. You can see them on Twitter, and I also link to this. You can build your own. It's completely open source, and they have a ton of resources for anyone to make them themselves. Um, oh, cool. A little rendering on Discord mm -hmm. to a cat. <laughs> uh, one of our favorite open source hardware companies, Electronics Cat, is working on a vast WAN with SMR34, compatible with CircuitPython. So that's a new upcoming board. I put that in the coming soon section. And DeshiPu showed off a new Pew Pew at an event just a couple days ago. Mm. So you can check that out. And I wanted to wish everyone happy holidays. Um, it's coming up. We're still going to be doing all of our shows. So Show and Tell on Wednesday, Ask an Engineer on Wednesdays, Noah and Pedro are still doing their show. Um, we're still going to be doing the newsletter this week and next week and all the way through the holidays. So please, you can add us or you can open up an issue or PR and we will add any Python on hardware news and that. Is a community news. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. Um, all right. Thanks, Scott. Always really cool to see all the things that are happening. And uh, for the record, I'm not the person that introduces myself as the C CircuitPython guy. <laughs> that was primarily Paul from Teensy. He was like, oh, yeah, you're basically CircuitPython. I don't, well, no, I started it, but no, not You're anymore. more than that. You're, you're all the, yeah. the, the, the sum is greater than the pieces. <laughs> yeah. Circuit, CircuitPython is much bigger than just me, just me for sure. Yeah, sometimes they, someone just points at me and says, hey, Adafruit, and I'm just like, well, yeah, no. <laughs> no, but <laughs> All right. but that just goes to show you don't really understand what it is. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Scott. Cool, thanks, Phil. Okay, let's go to State of Circuit, Python, and Libraries. So as I said earlier, this is uh, kind of a statistic objective view of the health of the project meant to really ground us in how things are going uh, rather than just all of our are good feelings, which are great as well, but we'll get to those later. Uh, so overall, uh, in terms of statistics, we had uh, 21 pull requests merged uh, from nine dif different authors. So thank you to all the authors there. Um, a couple of folks who look new to me, uh, Tayden, Johannes, and uh, CBYR2401. 
uh, look like all new contributors. Rafa Gould, I think, is relatively new. Uh, did the Korean translations for a long, long time. And it sat there and sat there and sat there. And thanks to Jeff uh, Epler, we got those in. So uh, thanks to you both. Uh, we had six reviewers. Uh, Katni, Dan, Lidia, myself, Jeff, and Melissa. So thank you to reviewers as well. Uh, as always, um, thank you to folks who uh, review. Uh, it's kind of an un- un- unsung uh, task. So it's always good to uh, hop in. If you see a change, uh, test it out. Let us know what works for you. Um, it's just incredibly helpful. Um, okay, so issues-wise, we had 19 closed issues by 7 people and 7 opened by 7 people. So we're net down by 12, which is kind of amazing. Uh, we're not usually down by 12, so good job, everybody, on that. Uh, really happy to see it. Um, Overall, uh, Dan released 5.0 Beta 0, which is super exciting. That has the new BLEIO uh, changes in it, and it basically is getting us to the point where uh, we're getting closer and closer to thinking of 5.0 as stable, um, which is really exciting. We're doing some really cool stuff with BLE, so if you haven't played around with BLE or wireless in general, I highly recommend it. It's been super fun uh, because I haven't really <clears throat> until now either, so... Uh, please check it out. Let us know what you find. Uh, if you have random BLE devices around your house, uh, we'd love to get CircuitPython work- working with them. So reach out and let us know what you've got to. Okay, uh, core-wise, uh, this is where we get into a uh, little bit more detail about what's going on uh, on the core C side of CircuitPython. Uh, we had eight pull requests merged from six different authors. Uh, CBYR2401 and Rafa Gould are the new folks there. And we have five reviewers. So thanks again to our reviewers. We have 13 open pull requests. We've actually knocked out um, either by closing or merging the old ones. So our, our oldest PR now is only 113 days old, which is about, what, a third of a year or something. So uh, great job on that. We have a lot more that are, are much fresher uh, PRs. So keep up the good work there, uh, getting PRs pulled in. Thank you to everybody who's done that. Issues-wise, uh, we had one closed issue by a a single person and four open by four people, so uh, we're, we're not helping the, the overall issue count at all. Uh, we have a total of 197 open issues, and you can check the notes doc for a link to that um, to see all those issues. Uh, we have active mile, milestone breakdowns. Uh, I won't cover those except for the fact that we have zero issues that are not assigned to milestone, which is pretty awesome as well. So good job, everybody there, kind of keeping track and, and grooming our issues. So thank you everyone there. In the notes, we also have download stats by board and by language. Uh, so if you're curious about that, take a look. Uh, 5.0 beta 0 is the latest unstable release, and we've had 207 downloads of that. Uh, we've had uh, over 19,000 downloads of 4.1.0. Uh, it's been out forever, uh, but it's interesting to see that that number still seems to be going up. Um, so thanks to everybody there as well. And let's go to Katni for the library overview. Thanks, Scott. So we had, uh, across all the libraries, 13 pull requests merged by five authors, including Tayden and Johannes, and by five reviewers. We currently have 29 open pull requests. Um, A few of them are fairly recent. Uh, A bunch of them are not. And we still uh, need to put some effort into going through that and seeing um, what we want to do with the older PRs. We had 18 issues closed by seven people and three open by three people, leaving us with 131 open issues. If you would like to see that list, 
you can go to uh, circuitpython.org slash contributing where uh, we have all kinds of library stuff available. Um, if you are looking to contribute to CircuitPython, uh, it's a great way to get started is to get involved with um, helping out with the libraries, either by reviewing PRs or uh, checking out issues. Um, we try to keep a list of good first issues for people who um, are new to things. And if you are new to things, we have guides on how to get started and we are always available to help you. And we want to do that. So let us know and we can try and find something that works for you. Uh, to get started. We've had a number of library updates in the past uh, week, which I will not go into in detail, but those are listed in the notes um, and are also listed on circuitpython.org slash libraries. So any information you want about the libraries um, is available on circuitpython.org. So check that out if you're interested. And that is the state of the libraries. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, let's go to Hug Reports. So Hug Reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the, the work that they've been doing. Um, the nice thing about having everybody kind of participate in Hug Reports as a run robin is that uh, hopefully we don't miss very many people who are doing awesome things. Uh, I know that I, to some degree, want to make sure I, I hit everybody, but uh, I also know that there's lots of other folks who are paying attention to what's going on and can do Hug Reports as well. So. Uh, thank you to all the folks who participate here. And uh, I'll just reiterate, this is done as a round robin. So if you are in the voice channel on the left, uh, we will call on you unless you let us know that you're either text only or lurking. Um, lurking means that you're just uh, listening in. Um, and we won't. And, and yeah, you're just listening in. Uh, if you're text only, it means that you don't want to use your microphone. So I'll just read them off. Uh, and uh yeah, Dan's smart and saying uh, Nicholas is about to head out. So uh, instead of starting, I will actually start with Nicholas. Hi, folks. Can you hear me? Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. It actually works for once. Yay. Um, yay. So um, uh, I'll start with my group hug. Group hug for everyone because, you know, the world needs more hugs and things. Um, and also, Scott. Uh, for the very quick turnaround on extended adverts for VLE so we can have longer radio messages. Um, and uh, I was able to do the changes I needed to the radio module um, this evening. It only took about 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, so that's been the, the, the story of this little <laughs> block of work is that uh, I've just sat there going, how easy is this? <laughs> um, this is really very very far too easy and um so uh my update report is let me scroll down so i can remember why i actually put so last week uh i did um a day and a little bit of work on um adding a test suite to a circuit python module um rather than uh, explain everything that I did. I encapsulated it all into a blog post, the link for which is in the notes. So if you're interested to find out about the approach that I took, and I would love feedback on this, just go read the blog post and, and ping me on the channel. Um, and this week, well, there we go. I said I did it, took about half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it was earlier this evening mm -hmm. <laughs> to do. Uh, and that's it from me. Awesome. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. I'm glad it went out. It, it was so easy. Ah, it was, uh, you know, sometimes when you're coding and you're working with an API and it just feels awkward. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it just feels like you're 
skiing down a mountainside and the wind's in your hair. <laughs> I'm getting all poetic now, but this is what it's, that's what it felt like. It was really easy to use. Um, and even I, though there's not a lot of documentation, the code's written in such a way that it's, you know, easy to figure out um, what's going on. So, yeah, we're getting there. There we go. We got, yeah, we got work to do, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations anyway. I'm going to have to go and pick up my kids from somewhere or other. So <laughs> <laughs> you folks have a great rest of your meeting. Yeah, Take care, yeah. folks. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Nicholas. So Rabbit just dropped out, and I believe Stargirl is... Oh, wait. I'll read off Summersoft here. Uh, Summersoft, who wasn't able to make the meeting, says, uh, first and foremost, group hug. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to anybody who is celebrating. I hope you enjoy any and all of your festivities and that you get to spend them with family and friends. So thank you, Summersoft. I should have taken a time code. I'm like totally off my time code game today. Um, okay, Stargirl is lurking. So we're at myself. So first and foremost, I wanted to just say a huge, huge, huge thank you to everybody at Supply Frame and Hackaday for hosting an awesome, awesome conference. Uh, Supercon was exactly as I had hoped. It was a, a, an, an amazing group of people doing all sorts of different things. And I basically spent three full days chatting with them about what they're working on and how CircuitPython could make what they're working on easier and all of that. So um, everybody, thanks to DigiKey. So a uh, huge hug report to DigiKey as well. They funded the edge badges that everybody got at Supercon. And it was really uh, amazing to see people finally have the time to take a look at CircuitPython and just see how easy it is. I was walking around. I, I got mine and just changed my name. It had the the sample code that Melissa created for, like, hello, my name is. I changed my name to my name, of course. And, like, somebody saw me walk by and said, oh, you know how to change this. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, like, oh, just plug it in and edit this file. And they were like, whoa, like, it blew their mind, so... Uh, we get, we had a lot of that, uh, and so thanks to everybody who's made CircuitPython that easy, and uh, thank you to DigiKey for getting it in the hands of a bunch of folks. Um, in that note, uh, thanks to Sedacious, Lady Ada, Maker Melissa, and John Park for helping out with folks who did have issues with their edge badges. Uh, I was kind of surprised, actually, to see how many people uh, killed their file systems from using like Windows 10 and Sublime, so I I'm curious to see if we'll actually be able to detect that that drops when the fixes that um, Zuba's got into Windows go out. Um, so thanks to all the folks who, who are helping those uh, new folk, new CircuitPythonistas get up to speed. Um, thanks to Katni for hosting all of the meetings while I was away. I know it, uh, I believe last week didn't go super smoothly, uh, but it all worked out. So uh, thank you to Katni for that. And uh also, thank you for jumping in today because we have an internal meeting before this and my like internet died right as that was happening. And I was like, oh dear, like Katni, can you cover for me again? <laughs> I was like, oh, so it's so awesome. Uh, thank you, Katni. For, I, it, it makes my life so much better having knowing that you're willing to hop into that. So uh, thank you to that. And then lastly, uh, a thank you to Baby Grimes. Uh, just showed up on GitHub and found and fixed an issue with uh, the GC long living stuff that we do where uh, if you freeze a file in and then import it, it crashes trying to actually long live code that lives outside of the heap. So they found and fixed that. So thanks to Baby Grimes for that. And with that, let's circle around to Anne. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, except Nicholas is 
good evening. Um, I want to thank Katni too. She's been uh, shouldering a lot of work and, um, and uh, she's just a trooper and a uh, big hug to her. Um, to uh, Phil who, who capped us uh, at the top of the hour. Um, he did the CircuitPython newsletter and uh, it was, I think the biggest yet. I, I judge him not by like length, but how many images mm -hmm. that he puts in them. And it was 97 images. So um, it was a huge issue. And uh, I think what made it really great was uh, all of the uh, participation at the, at the super conference, Scott, that you were mm -hmm. talking about. It, it, uh, I apologize, I didn't go, but um, mm -hmm. it was wonderful on my end watching you all in near real time on social media, just uh, meeting people and making quick hacks. Um, uh, uh, I'll give a hug to maker Melissa who worked mm -hmm. with uh, Emily um, on their, uh, on their badge hacks. I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, uh, uh, so, um, and then a group hug to everybody. I mean, the community does so much and, uh, and we really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Anne. Okay, is Blinka around? We have a Blinka in our voice chat. I haven't heard anything. Okay, let's... Uh, oh, Blinka's the backup recording. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, uh, thank you, Blinka, then. <laughs> Thanks for being a backup. Uh, okay, Brent is text-only, so I'll read off for Brent. Brent says, group hug to everyone for working on and with CircuitPython and a welcome back to me. So thank you, Brent. Uh, Carter and C. Grover are lurking. So let's go to Charles. Uh, just a good old group hug. And I I found watching, I watched a lot of the social media also, and mm -hmm. I found it very interesting. Uh, interesting what was going on at Supercon. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Charles. All right, let's go to Dan. Okay, hi. So um, thanks to Jeff Epler, who's, again, last week I said he was diving in with two feet, and he's continuing to do that, finding all kinds of bugs, including some uh, figuring out why we had some old long, uh, long-standing bugs and submitting a bunch of PRs. Thank you very much. Thanks to Hero Effect, um, that's Lucian, who's continuing to add things to the STM32 port and uh, fixing some things when, when bugs are found. Uh, thanks to Antonio, who's um, our BLE app de developer, and TAC, uh, who are working um, with me and Scott on uh, defining BLE services in a more Bluetooth kind of way rather than in a UART protocol kind of way mm -hmm. and you'll be seeing a new app uh, we hope uh, soon that will control things that way and um, hack is working on an Arduino version of that of the client for that that would run on the circuit playground blue fruit so stay tuned and thanks again as Scott mentioned to baby Grimes who found an obscure and important bug and fixed it all right thanks Dan Jacob T is lurking so let's go to Jeff Hi, uh, I especially want to thank Katni and Dan for continuing to get me oriented 
and I want to thank Ayan Pawa and Rafa Gould for their patience while we worked on the PRs um, and group hug for everyone who remembers to be grateful this holiday. It's something that um, I've been thinking about a lot and yeah, just you, you've got something. Be grateful for it. Totally. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. <clears throat> okay. From Jerry, who is missing the meeting, says uh, just a group hug. Uh, so thanks, Jerry. And let's go to Katni. All right. So I have a hug for Maker Melissa for providing a ton of support on Discord. Um, every time I'm popping into see, uh, make sure you know that everything is is copacetic in the 3D printing chat. Uh, Melissa is helping somebody out with something. Um, so that's always great to see. Thank you. Uh, hug to Jerry for finding an issue in the servo example in the CircuitPython Essentials Guide. Um, the example is fine, but the text uh, includes a code snippet that is incorrect. And uh, Jerry helped the, another user troubleshoot that and figured it out and let me know so I can go through and take care of that. Uh, hug to Dan for all of the Bluefruit BLE Learn Guide code updates with the recent release. Uh, we've had changes in how the code works, and so Dan's been going through and changing all of the code in the Learn Guides and getting that to those of us who wrote the guides so we can test them. So thank you for that. Um, thanks to Creola for helping with refactoring the Circuit Playground library. And lastly, thanks to Dan and Creola for helping with my PyCon tutorial proposal. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, Kinger North dropped out and is lurking, so we'll go to Crayola. Um, my thanks this week are to, or hugs this week are to you, Scott, for the pointer about printing out coasters in GDB, which helped me immensely with figuring out what I was doing or how to solve um, the subclassing quirk that I ran into. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thanks to, or hug to Dan and uh, Jeff for their best wishes regarding my concussion recovery and group hug. There's so much going on, I can't keep up with it all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll get better and better. Bigger and bigger. All right, uh, let's go to Melissa. Hello, okay. Let's see here. Uh, okay, first of all, I'll report to Lady Ada for getting the TensorFlow guide updates just in time for Supercon. Uh, it's really helpful to be able to point people to. Uh, another one for Lady Ada for reviewing a bunch of the tickets while we we're a bunch of us were gone at Supercon. Uh, I report to Sedacious, Yuska, and John for all your help at Supercon. I really enjoyed meeting up with you guys again. Uh, I report for Katni for keeping things running while we were at Supercon. And Hug report to all the awesome folks I met at Supercon. And I guess another hug report also for just DigiKey and Supply Frame and everything. Like you said, they did an awesome job. It's just as fun as last year. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. That was hug reports. Uh, let's go on to status updates. So status updates is a chance for everybody to talk a little bit about what you're working on in the last... Uh, last uh, week or so and then what you're planning on doing in the coming week uh, i have a feeling this might go a bit quick for us, us of those those of us in the u.s because uh we most of us have a short week so um i will start and take a time code uh first and foremost last week i got back from supercon on monday um 
Supercon was amazing. It was, like I said before, it was just a ton of people really interested in making things more accessible, uh, making their hardware more accessible. And, and given that DigiKey gave them all the edge badges, they uh, could see very clearly uh, how quickly they could get going with CircuitPython, which is just, I think, everybody was really impressed. So good job, everybody who's made that awesome. Um, I got back on Monday. On Tuesday, I jumped back into to the uh, BLE world. I did the extended advertising for Nicholas because he had rocked out the radio stuff. So he, I added that support. It was pretty easy. Uh, I don't think there was too many issues to knock out. I got that in. And then the next thing I, I did was uh, got pairing working again. Dan had gotten it working before, but I had broken it when I rejiggered stuff. So I uh, got that. And sorry, I thought the cat was having an issue. Um, so I I got pairing working, and then I got uh, Apple Notification Center service demo going, uh, which is not checked in yet. But for those of you with iPhones, it basically allows you to list all of the notifications that show up on your home screen. Um, so you can get references and IDs for all of those things, and then you can ask them things like, oh, what is the full message? What is the title? Which app did this come from? Uh, and when was it posted? That sort of thing. Uh, so that's going to be the foundations for some really cool stuff, and I've got to tweak that some more. Um, but for now, I kind of like roughed it out, and, and we can refine it later. Uh, I then went from the ANCS stuff to uh, Beely HAD, which, again, Dan had, had working, but uh, I rejiggered stuff, so it was broken. I managed to get it working on my Mac because I had, like, the problem, <laughs> turns out, I would, like, swapped some of the hex digits in the report IDs, so I once I fixed that, I got it working with Mac. I, did, I still haven't gotten it working with iOS, though, which is just weird, and Dan was awesome, and, and I was bouncing ideas off him. And uh, we have a couple other things to check with that um, that I will do today. And then I uh, also want to poke around more with like uh, having CircuitPython connect other Bluetooth devices, like initiate the connection, which is known as like the central role. So I have like a Bluetooth mouse and a Bluetooth keyboard and a Bluetooth gamepad and uh, two Sphero devices that I kind of like all try to, I'd love to control from CircuitPython. So I think uh, tomorrow that's kind of what I'll jump into and see see how far I can get. Um, for those of us in the US, uh, we have a holiday called Thanksgiving on Thursday, which is, tends to involve a lot of travel and stuff. So I'm not, uh, personally, I'm not traveling, but I uh, my wife has Thursday and Friday off. So the plan is that I will not work on Thursday and Friday. Um, I have a lot of just like house stuff to do, and then we're running a half marathon on on Sunday, so uh, we'll be busy with that. And I'm also baking an apple pie to bring to uh, dinner on Thursday night, so uh, I will be a little bit busy on Wednesday. I'm actually hoping to show the apple pie as my show and tell uh, on Wednesday evening, which I think would be kind of funny. Um, and then the last thing that I have for this week is, uh, John Parks, uh, doing a Lee related advertising project. And I just need to sync up with him and get him the code, uh, to get going on that. So, um, that's my week and let's circle around to Anne. 
Okay, um, I'd like to go over a few things uh, that are going on that you all might like to check out. Um, let's see. As uh, I mentioned, the Python on hardware newsletter, or Python on microcontrollers, I should change that. Um, it's an email you get once a week um, on Tuesdays, and it has the very latest news. I mean, uh, mainly Phil is, is compiling it pretty much all weekend. So it, when you come into the first part of the week, it is the latest, it's not rehashed or anything. So um, we encourage you to consider subscribing at adafruitdaily.com. Um, but, you know, no news is, is complete without contributions from the community. Um, you can go to GitHub and um, do issues or pull requests to let us know some of the news, and then we can look at uh, incorporating those. And that provides a lot better snapshot than you might get. So I encourage you to do that. Um, if uh, you're not really an email fan, I try to get a lot of stuff up on Reddit um, if you're a Reddit fan. So um, you can go to the CircuitPython subreddit and see what we've got. And uh, let's see, oops, edit, undo, okay. I'm doing this from a text file and I just wonked it. Um, we really focus on our Twitter account, the Adafruit Twitter account. Um, there's a CircuitPython Twitter account. You can totally follow it. But a lot of that is sent over from the Adafruit account. So if you want a broader picture, go ahead and subscribe to Adafruit, um, uh, at Adafruit. Um, excuse me, the dog. But... OK, that's all I got for today. Thank you, Ann. I think your dog has more to add, though. <laughs> Okay. <coughs> oh. Sorry, I do have a cold. Um, let's go. I will read off for Brent. Brent says, uh, last week finished up work on a secret Adafruit project. More details in December. I got sick. <laughs> Parentheses, darn you, winter. I totally relate to that. Um, did a bit of MATLAB work and remembered why I like Python. <laughs> Uh, this week, continuing with that project and wrapping it up in the next week. Thank you, Brent. Okay, Carter and Seagrover are lurking, so we'll go to Charles. Well, I don't have a whole lot, but uh, I'm, I, uh, I've started an interesting thing. I found, a, I found an article about tearing apart an old toy keyboard and then using mm -hmm. the keys, keys as a, as a uh, input. Uh, and creating a MIDI, uh, your own MIDI controller out of it. So that's what I'm going to start tinkering with. Could so, you post the article, please? I'd love to see that. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it again and post post where it is. Awesome. Yeah, I'm like I want to do BLE MIDI and like that something like that is perfect for adding BLE MIDI support. Yeah, because it, it, you it would be very useful to. Uh, you know how to how to how to read mm -hmm. like a sixty one or a uh, forty nine or a twenty five 
25 key keyboard right without a whole lot of lines and that's 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 basic uh, uh, circuitry that mm-hmm. I learned about you know on a on a very primitive state when playing around with with the old seven segment LEDs how to get multiple LEDs on one set of eight 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 lines right right okay yeah cool that sounds awesome yeah please link me have, to a, have a happy thank have a good thanksgiving you too charles and everybody all right let's go to dan okay so um as uh Katty mentioned uh we, we have a bunch of learn guides already that we're using um the tentative ble api that we'd already introduced uh, earlier in CircuitPython, but that was revised. Scott revised that to be more general. And so I've now gone through all the learn guide code and updated it to the new uh, API. And you'll gradually see the examples and code things changing in the guides as those get um, tested and uh, the PRs get approved. And we'll update the learn guide text too, which usually doesn't refer to the doesn't explain the code in detail so there's not much revision to do mm-hmm. and the next thing I've, i'm doing is that um i'm gonna more has asked me to try to talk to some uh we, there are ble light bulbs available some of them are just dim some of them have multiple colors and so uh, we have a learn guide on such a light bulb which is now unavailable mm-hmm. and so we need to try to find a substitute for that, at least one substitute for that light bulb so that people can continue to try this out. So that's, I'm gonna be ordering some light bulbs and seeing what I can do with this over the next few days. Nice, that sounds fun. I was just looking up at my light fixture going, I should put a different light in it. And then I could Bluetooth control it. (laughs) Well, I'll figure out which ones, but I'm not sure yet. There's too many to choose from. I gotta figure out what form factor this one is as well anyway sounds cool thanks dan okay jacob's lurking so we'll go to jeff hi so last week i played around with the new build of the um, gcc compiler that targets arm circuit python builds with it but some of the individual builds overflow unless we do things like uh, really tinker at a low level with the inlining flags. Mm-hmm. So we may not be able to accept the PR, but at least we know you know the code works. It's just a question of fitting on the boards. Uh, I worked on a PR to reduce the time in the background tasks. What's left on that is to check whether there's a regression in USB performance. And while trying to benchmark <laughs> that, I ran into a bug that would crash on the NRF boards and fixed it. I think we got... I think one of you merged that PR already today. If not, uh, well, anyway. And mm-hmm. I've been chasing down bugs in the I2S driver, and that led to three different PRs and a new fresh issue uh, because of this Max I2S amp- uh, amplifier. It doesn't really implement the I2S standard, and we may want to work around <laughs> that in CircuitPython. So okay. this week, uh, Scott, I need your view on whether to continue working on that GCC 9 PR or just let it go. Mm-hmm. I need to benchmark the USB speed. Um, I think maybe this PR2299 to create the code.py file, maybe it's ready to merge now. Um, and then there's more stuff. I was unexpected. I didn't expect to get the ITOS stuff to PR status this morning based on how badly things went Friday. 
So that was like my major work for this week. <laughs> but now I'm going to be looking for new stuff. Uh, I definitely won't work Thursday, but I'm still targeting 16 to 20 hours for the week. Okay. And my ongoing fun projects are um, I 3D printed a um, keyboard. And so the next um, step is to wire it all up. And so eventually I will have this custom keyboard running off of a Teensy. And next time around, I'll do it with CircuitPython. Maybe we'll figure out how to do a Bluetooth hid keyboard that'll you know run for long enough that uh, mm -hmm. it's worth having as a wireless. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also working on an edgelet digital display, uh, which will be in the Featherwing format. And I need to finalize and order the PCB layout. Hmm. I've got these really neat looking uh, laser etched slides that I'm going to light up with individual LEDs mm. so that hopefully you can show the numbers 0 through 9 and then make a clock out of it or something. Mm -hmm. And I will share the link uh, to this keyboard design. It is someone else's. It's on Thingiverse. Nice. I, I One of the folks that I've been seeing in these conferences like Supercon is uh, goes by Obra online, but is the uh, person who does the like keyboardio Model 1. And we were chatting... Uh, about making a dev keyboard that runs CircuitPython. So I think he's really interested in that. And he wants to get to CircuitPython eventually. So I think having like a dev board, like a dev keyboard kind of be the first target makes uh, is is w makes it easy for him to do it because it's not kind of like a out-of-the-box sort of thing like his current one is. So. Right, yeah. This point-to-point this, uh, <clears throat> -point wiring is really a pain in the butt. I mean, I'm expecting this is like eight or 10 sittings to finish it all up because my hands just don't like doing a lot of this at once. Right. Yeah. I mean, I made a keyboard with a like straight up PCB behind it and it was still just a lot of uh, soldering all of the different keys down and the resistors and, or uh, the diodes and stuff. But, cool. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, let's go to Katni. All right. So, Last week, I uh, finished up a guide for the new e-ink gizmo, um, so that should be coming soon. Closed out a bunch of GitHub issues uh, as per the state of CircuitPython and libraries. Um, I updated uh, two uh, CPX examples to not use simple I.O. because um, it was easy to mimic what I was using simple I.O. for with a fairly simple function. And it means that there are no examples in the CPX uh, repo anymore that require another library. So all of it will work nice. um, with, yeah, with just the CPX lib. So mm -hmm. that was, was good. And I refactored the entire Circuit Playground library and added support for Bluefruit, um, including two new features for the Bluefruit module that we had requested multiple times um, for CPX, but it just wasn't going to fit. Um, I had... Uh, closed out PR actually with the code. So it's fairly easy to add uh, loud sound and sound level. So now you can print the sound level um, to use that as a threshold or something to that effect. And then you can use a loud sound as a with a configurable threshold as a input. Um, so you can clap and make it light up or, or something to that effect. Um, so that is complete. So basically, it's the same concept as CPX, uh, but it all works on the CPB now. So nice. hooray. Um, this week, uh, a couple of fritzing objects. We have two new OLED displays with um, stomach. Well, they're not new, but they're the 
they're redone with stemma connectors. So plug and play OLEDs. Um, so I need to do fritzing objects for the stemma revisions and then also start the, or if I get to it anyway, start the fritzing for the feather e-ink friend, which is coming soon. It's not out yet. Don't ask. Mm -hmm. um, I think I wanted this. You did actually. It turns out it was a request from you, um, and Yay. your video disappeared in that meeting right before she showed it off. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, yeah, so she's got a, she's got a panel of them, um, but they're not uh, obviously ready yet. Sweet. Um, I'm so and... lazy. <laughs> well, like yeah, feathering your your OLEDs done, um, yep. or your inks rather. Um, so I need to update possibly a couple of blue fruit guides. Um, that may have changed because of the BLEIO updates that were released in beta zero. Um, Dan updated all the code uh, for all of us who wrote these guides and it is up to us to test it on our setup and um, make sure that the guides reflect the changes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the guides that I wrote were written with the fact that it was going to change in mind. So I feel like there's not actually a whole lot that I have to do, which is good. Um, but it still need to go through and make sure that all those are set to go. There is uh, the typo that Jerry found on the servo page in the essentials guide. So I need to uh, fix that. Um, I'm going to be going through and updating the first guide I ever wrote, mm -hmm. the piano in the key of lime guide. Um, someone was... Uh, running through it and needed some troubleshooting from one of our amazing uh, community helpers um, on Discord. But it was brought to my attention that the guide is woefully out of date. Um, and after reading through it, uh, there's a lot of stuff that could be updated. So I'm going to take the time and do that and get it. So it's pointing at um, our current installs and not referring to CircuitPython 2x mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and also, while I'm doing that, I'm going to be testing it on Circuit Playground Bluefruit, uh, just for the purpose of making sure that everything that we have works on Bluefruit, um, especially since we have the new version of the library. So it will be very easy to update the code. Um, it's a short week this week for pretty much all of us. Um, I should be around through Wednesday. Uh, and um, I'll be traveling over the weekend, uh, but I will be back Monday. And that's what I got. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katni. Uh, I thought of Piano in the Key of Lime when I was in the Florida Keys. <laughs> okay, let's go to Crayola. So last week, I continued working on Pixel Puff on a subclassing support and finally got around to, got it to a point where I was able to submit a PR that doesn't break the build. Uh, in the unit tests. However, it did involve changing the signature of one of the built-ins. I would like to talk about that in the Wii section if we have a chance. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's any other way of doing it, but that's why we have the meat section to talk about it. Um, and then I will, I also did a small amount of work on um, getting NeoPixel and uh, DotStar to work against the changed um, API for PixelF. Um, this week, uh, because it is a holiday week here, and I'm just taking a few days off from my Canadian work, because um, I'm in the U.S. for Thanksgiving, um, I will use some of that time to work on Pixel Buff again. One of the things you do when it's not your day job. <laughs> um, so I'll be finishing, or I'll add iterable support to Pixel Buff, add the uh, fill 
uh, in C to it, so a native fill, which will speed that up uh, and clean up the NeoPixel and .star subclasses and do some more testing and maybe get to syncing the PyPixelBuff with the PixelBuff API. Awesome. I'm excited to see that work. And if you do need stuff for me over the holidays, uh, ping me and I'll take a look. I just won't be working on my own stuff, but happy to unblock you. Okay, we'll do. <clears throat> Thanks. Okay, Hire Effect is not in the meeting, but added some notes. So I'll read those off. Uh, he says, last week, various bug fixes to spy and worked on display I.O. issues. New MCU definition for the STM32F401, which is used in the meow bit. Added board definitions for the PyB nano board, which is STM32F411, and worked on a board definition for a quote-unquote black pill generic f411 board encountered some boot issues uh, this week out for thanksgiving we'll check discord for questions so thank you higher effect and let's go to maker melissa hello uh okay so over the last couple of weeks i worked on testing and reviewing the edge bedge code before supercon uh, I updated the Fritzingers on a couple of guides that were waiting on the beta release of CircuitPython. I started going through some libraries uh, that were using Display.io to work, uh, so they work in both CircuitPython 4 and 5. I'm still working on that, actually. Uh, I attended SuperCon. I got back from SuperCon on Tuesday, and I reviewed some PRs that were outstanding. I added the ink gizmo to the gizmo library for CircuitPython and wrote an example. I wrote uh, the Arduino e-ink gizmo graphics test example. Uh, I added e-ink functionality to the image reader library. And then I had to go back and subclass that because it was making it so that was a dependency. And so I got that out. And um, I wrote the Arduino pages for the e-ink gizmo guide. Uh, this week, I'm going to catch up on some outstanding PRs, update uh, PyBadger code to handle external fonts better, as some people at Supercon fa uh, found out when they tried hacking it. Uh, and I'm going to go through and start updating the IS31FL3731 Charlieplex guides. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. And yeah. last but not least, we have notes from Summersoft. Summersoft says, uh, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> mostly travel uh, travel prep and travel, bits and pieces of PhysiCI's Azure functions uh, last week, and this week more travel and more bits and pieces of PhysiCI, maybe. So thank you, Summersoft. And with that, that is status updates. Let's go to our last section where we get stuck in the weeds. Uh, it's called In the Weeds, and it's a chance for us to just have any longer form discussions about things that we'd like to talk about. Um, so if you have any topics, please uh, drop those in the notes doc. We have a few already, so I will hand it over to Jeff for the first one. Hello. Um, so with the <coughs> GCC9 PR and with the um, creating code.py PR, both of them were running up against code limits, particularly on PeerKey M0 with the Chinese translation. And that uses 2,400 more bytes of flash than the English original. Something is going to have to give. And I saw a couple of possibilities. I don't know what possibilities anybody else sees or if there's a plan. Uh, 
One would be in 6X, you drop the translations for those boards altogether. You know, you're on an M0 non-express, it's resource constrained, you're going to live with English and like it. Uh, we could declare 5X, the last version for it, and continue to bug fix it for longer. So call 5.0 kind of an LTS. Um, and then as far as other solutions that wouldn't degrade functionality, maybe we can put the translations on the file system, or maybe we can improve the compression and push this out a little bit further. Uh, so those are my ideas. I am curious what else uh, anybody thinks or if uh, there's another solution I don't see. Uh, so I would not, um, I would not drop translations. I think it's too valuable of a thing. Um, but one thing that we could think about dropping is actually the console, like showing up on screens. So one of the things that costs a lot of space is storing the built-in font. Uh, and I think right now, if we have, <clears throat> I think right now, if we have display IO, then we support that as well, which I guess for the per key, we definitely don't. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that has the font uh, storage in it. I bet that the right. Delta is a lot bigger on the builds that do have fonts. But right now right. on an Express build, we're fine. On M4, we're fine. On uh, NRF, we're fine. So it's really just the M0 parts. Well, but that's that's not always been the case. Like, There's been a number of times where Dan and I have had to basically find space for the things that we want to do. And like, it's just the reality of adding stuff. <laughs> Like I, I said this in the chat earlier, so like it is unfortunate that for folks like the folks that you're helping with the new contributions that they run up against this. But the reality is, is that as we add code, we make it bigger. Um, so I would say like I I don't really like the idea of like fix like having 5x be the last M0 version because M0s are by far the more the most things that we've we've sold and, and supported um, kind of the way that I imagine it is just like, as we add new functionality, most of that's gated on like a module by module basis. And so new modules just don't end up in the M zero stuff. Uh, and therefore the size doesn't really change. Um, that obviously didn't like display. IO was one of those things that added a lot of space, but in general, I think this is going to be a problem there. I don't think there's anything we can do to avoid it because even if we get to a point where we have free space, like we end up filling it. <laughs> so like, it's just a fact of life of that, that, that we're running so close on, on code size. One optimization that I know that we could do, uh, one is we could compress Q strings. So, um, the actual like Q string tables are not compressed, even though like all of our error messages are. So you could, uh, if you look in the one of the generated files by the compression, it actually tells you like how many bytes is taken up by uncompressed key strings. That's something we could think about, and we could also think about um, compressing strings as we load them into RAM, uh, which would be kind of cool too. And then um, the other thing that I was targeting for uh, code size is all of the type objects that are created are actually pretty large. They're like um, they're like 160 bytes per type or something where a lot of the fields are all the same. Um, so for example, like all of the different exception types <clears throat> are uh, types that are stored in code. And there's like features like the protocol or whatever that is not used very often. 
So I was thinking about splitting uh, the type object into two, where you basically say, like, this type has special features and, like, add a flag and then point to, like, the second struct that stores the special feature-related things when you need it. That's um, an interesting idea, especially since I just chased around a lot of code related to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you may have seen that, that there's there's kind of, like, a bunch of pointer fields that are usually the same, but a few in a few cases they're different um yeah and it's probably worth a uh, exploring in a fair bit more detail because there's a lot of things that look like they could be rearranged moving away from direct compatibility with MicroPython in the internals and free up a bunch of memory clean up or change some of the calling conventions to make them easier which might lead into part of in the weeds i wanted to talk about later yeah, but we can always, we, if it really is in core MicroPython, we can always point it out to Damien and offer it a PR up, back upstream. Um, I, like Jeff's had some experience with that as well, and it doesn't always go quickly, but um, it's good It's good to let him know what we're finding. Yeah, and he will often see an angle that I just didn't, you know, due to so much more in-depth experience with it, and right, that's right. a beneficial thing too. Yeah. And I was going to say that, well, when we get to you, Roy, I was going to tell you to talk to MicroPython, to talk to Damien. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's, Jeff, let's go to your second one. Uh, sure. I want to talk about what uh, people, reviewers, prefer with the PRs. Uh, with the audio stuff, I ended up filing three PRs because I saw it as three different, uh, I found three different aspects that I saw to the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, do people want to see three PRs and they're each touching on one aspect of a problem or one PR that covered all three things. What's better? I mean, some of these PRs, they were like two lines and maybe that's too small. I don't think there's anything is too small. I, I, if you're just fixing them all at the same time, I don't mind you putting them together because just in terms of waiting around for the builds to finish. Yeah, so, that's true. I, I don't think there's a really, if they're related in some way, or even if they're not, you know, I've sometimes noticed something and just fixed it at the same time. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just, I would just, I don't think there's, I don't think you need to feel like you need to chop them up into logical units. Right. At the same time, if you have a simple one and you want to submit it, there's no reason not to go ahead and do that. Right. Because it should be fixed right away or something like that. So... All right. Well, let me know any time I'm just filing too many little PRs and making more noise than uh, progress. Yeah, I mean that doesn't worry me at all. Like, small PRs are easy to review and they're easy to get merged in. So, in general, I like small focus PRs. But as Dan says, like, don't go out of your way to do it. Like, Dan's done a lot of reviews for me, and it's like there are always just random things that I've kind of come across as I'm doing something larger. Uh, I definitely aspire to do more small PRs, so I was happy with how last week went, but I tend to do larger stuff, which uh, I kind of, I want to be good about doing smaller PRs, so um, I don't think you'll ever have too many. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, and lastly, let's go to Crayola. Okay, so... Um, one of the things, or I guess I should give a bit of context here, um, in implementing PixelBuff and making it so it could be a subclassable native and being able to have auto show work, 
during index operations or subscur, um, I needed to be able to call back to a subclass um, object or subclasses show method or a method on a sub uh, that was in Python or CircuitPython right. in order to call whatever driver is appropriate to output pixels. And the way that um, MicroPython and CircuitPython implement uh, subscur is that if um, that it may end up recursively calling using um, instance subscur, which will then call MP object subscur again. Mm -hmm. um, but it uses the class context when it does the instance subscur. Changing that uh, broke the unit tests and actually had a bunch of behavior problems. So I had to revert that approach. So what I had tried doing initially was um, tracking or basically um, abusing um, the uh, object or the MP object sentinel or I can't remember which one it was. And then if it saw that as the uh, value of the input argument, um, the, sorry, the first, which is the type basically, or the instance, you didn't know which when you get an MP object subscur call, um, that it would pass along both the instance that you're working with and the type right. to the MP object subscur recursive, recursive call. So you could try to work with it, but that itself had a bunch of other implications and just wasn't going to work out. So hmm. in the end, I ended up making it so that all of the subscur calls take a final or, or new argument at the end, which is the instance on which you're working, whether it's a class or an object or whatever, doesn't matter. And that allowed me to make Pixelbot correctly work on the instance object when calling show um, because of an index operation without breaking unit tests. Yay. Downside is it adds one more argument to um, <laughs> subscript operations, which are pretty much everywhere in Python, it turns out. Hmm. And so I don't know what the performance implications are, and I don't know what the memory implications are of that change, but I can't see an easy way around it. I haven't taken a look at the change yet, but it doesn't throw any red flags. Like, <coughs> Oh, sorry. Um... Changing subscript is, seems reasonable to me. I just need to t take a look at it. Um, there is one hack in my PR, which is that I didn't bother, or I made it so that um, can't, I'd have to actually go look at it. There's one stub function, so I didn't have to change the signature. Probably should just go finish changing the signatures. Yeah. I mean, I did that for um, all of the MP raise functions when we did the string compression. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fine. The other possibility is a global cleanup so that um, the instance, I think you, and I think we always need to pass in the type as well. There's, I don't think there's a, a way around that. Um, well, the instance should, the first entry should be its type, right? It, yes, it should be. But if you have, um, I'd have to go back and look. I don't <laughs> recall if there was a way to avoid doing that. Um, Maybe we can temporarily expand the signature, then go back and slowly clean up and test everything. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm fine just adding it. It would also be good to add a unit test that for the new functionality as well. Okay, I'll make that um, twice. And yeah, I like generally I don't unit test stuff, but if I'm actually changing the behavior of the VM to be like better, then I do try to mm -hmm. actually add one. So in this case of like having subscript call a Python function would be a good test to have.
then it's clear like what functionality you're actually adding. Right, that, that wouldn't be hard to add to the, um, I did find and figure out how to run the test suite for using the Unix port from yep. Linux. Yeah. Um, had, had to do with a VM, uh, which leads to my next in the weeds if anyone doesn't, if there's no more sort of guidance on the subscript signature change. Well, I just wanted to ask, is there any way before the display IO changes to demonstrate that there that this problem or limitation exists? Or is the answer no, because nothing in a subscur ever did this kind of operation before? Um, so I haven't I didn't see anywhere else in the code where a subscript called back to a Python method as a side effect. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the right. first side effect we have as far as I can see. So is subscur called by get item or something? Uh, it's called because I thought you would places, maybe yeah. you would do this further up than subscur that um... I don't have my stack traces on. Yeah, this but I just laptop, this is an open but... question. I'm not asking you to answer well, I this think, necessarily. But I think subscur is the C native version that implements get item and set item stuff. Yeah, it is. It's not like no, it's called, the C. It's called in a lot of places. Yeah, C so doesn't, doesn't match. Okay, so it, it bypasses calling get item to do the work. Um, it's also called. I think uh, subscur is called. It, it, so subscur is your is the get item, the native one, and it's um, part called directly as Jeff just posted to the chat in. Uh, the byte or the VM where it right. does the, and that's where a lot of my back traces were coming from is directly after off get item. Like it, it just immediately calls subscur. And I think that even the native um, get iter helper uses subscur. Like a lot of things go through subscur because that's how you get mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. like tuples and lists and arrays and strings. They all go through that interface. But I, I, I thought that if you wanted to, redefine what get item is that you can't you can't on the c level in the c level the objects implement okay, subscript okay. that's what i'm asking yeah okay. yeah okay yeah in python that's true dan but in the c native object world that is not true okay because of exactly this code <laughs> right okay all right that's what i wanted to know okay mm -hmm. and that's how i ended up going down that rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the weeds Indeed. Um, and so uh, this leads to tests, if, if you don't mind. Um, so I'd like to figure out how I can do some automated tests for uh, pixel buff so I can exercise it and its behavior. And the current unit test framework that I saw doesn't sort of give me a good idea of how I would go about building CircuitPython as opposed to MicroPython, because in the Unix directory it doesn't pull in any of the CircuitPython Python modules. In this case, I'd want to pull in PixelBuff, build it into there, and be able to use it in a bunch of the test suites. Right. Uh, do we have any existing test suites like that that are automated for things like uh, display I/O or groups or anything like that? We do not. Okay. Um, so this... I th I think in your case, because PixelBuff is like not port specific, I think mm -hmm. figuring out how to add it to the Unix port would be good. And then okay. reusing that infrastructure is a good way to start. I would actually, my feeling for all the display IO stuff was like, I, I would actually like to set up uh, C level unit tests. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be really beneficial. Um, 
but yeah it's we don't have a good testing story and so it's kind of just a like yeah uh, that's good intuition feel free to like try to help us establish what that is yeah so i think that you're right about the adding it to the unix port was what i was thinking we would do i just didn't know if we were trying to keep that like it used to be in MicroPython. no no i mean the like MicroPython MicroPython's unix port is trying to be more than kind of what we use it for it's trying to be like an alternative to c python where we don't care mm-hmm. about that at all like the only reason for us to maintain it is exactly like this unit testing like the vm level unit testing stuff so it's totally fine if you want to add add a new module to it okay yeah if in the end it resembled circuit python more closely that will enable us to test various things i don't know which ones but you know hypothetically we make a i2s testing thing or a audio io testing thing and they would talk to virtual devices and let you mm-hmm. run your code against them right that would be pretty awesome it would also be awesome if i could build that for um mac as well but I'm not going to spend the time on that right now you couldn't get it running on mac uh don't recall what was failing about it. It was probably one of the libraries, and I just didn't want to spend the time on it. Okay, so I, I've gotten the Unix running on Mac and, and uh, testing and stuff. The one thing that I have to do, I think, is a package config issue. Yeah, it was at least around, a package config around. It's either uh, live FFI, I think. And there was also the XTLS. Yeah, I think. I think it's just a matter of cleaning it in the right order. It's a little picky. Yeah. And then for the live FFI stuff, you have to um, set an environment variable that tells it where brew installs it. But, um, yeah. I can yeah, help, I can help you get that out. going. Or, or Mike, I just clicked play on the VM that mounted the directory and didn't make in that. Fancy. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, uh, I have got networking on Mac, so okay. if you do want to get rid of the vm just let me know okay thanks okay and with that uh let's wrap up uh it's been over an hour thank you to everybody who joined this has been the circuit python weekly for november 25th uh 2019 this is a weekly meeting we have at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on our the adafruit discord server you can join it by going to adafru.it slash discord. Uh, we're in there all week. Uh, we're in the voice chat just during the meeting. Uh, this meeting has been recorded and will be posted on the Adafruit YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adafruit, along with podcast services. So if you want to subscribe and listen to just the voice, uh, especially my radio voice this week, um, you can subscribe on most podcast services. I haven't heard from anybody who hasn't been able to find it. So uh, if you're unable to find it on a podcast service, let us know and we'll get it on there as well. Um, next week should be as scheduled uh, because it's not a holiday week. Um, so we'll see. Let's see. Is that it? I think that's it. Um, again, uh, if you want to listen or want to receive the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, you can go to adafruitdaily.com and sign up there. Uh, you'll get. We had the community news section. It's just like five times that much uh interesting stuff so i highly recommend it um a lot of work is put into it and and if you ever have ideas or articles for that um please let us know as well uh this is it actually goes on to goes out on tuesday exactly because we have this meeting on monday where we can hear about all that stuff so 
Um, let us know all the cool stuff we're working on. We'd love to share that with more folks. And I think that's it. Um, thank you to everybody again for attending and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you.